What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Moderately Successful Podcast, where my co-host and I were trying to live life on our terms, or at least learn how. I'm here with my co-host, Chris Chan, Austin Rogers. I'm Matt Campbell. What's going on, guys? What is what up? up? All right. So the what we want to get in today is we want to talk about the fitness of the nine to five or someone who's in the corporate setting or, you know, just your typical worker who's trying to, you know, be fit in whatever way possible. I feel like with our three expertise, we can kind of dial in, you know, whether you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s plus, you know, dial in wherever you're at in your life to be as fit as possible, I yeah. guess. Yeah. But uh, before we get to that, I want to start some discourses, Chandler calls it. What's the most overrated fitness style? So Give we can just, more context to style. Yeah, well, I mean like… Like CrossFit. Yeah, like you got bodybuilding, CrossFit, mm-hmm. yoga, Zumba. I think it all depends on the approach to that lane. Yeah. So like every, every box, there has to be a foundation. So if it's CrossFit, you still have to start from the ground up. And you have to work on technique and you have to build an understanding of your physiology and how you move. So like CrossFit gets a bad rap because people aren't doing it the right way initially. It's like you're getting 70-year-old Karen coming in and she has no fitness background. (laughs) And she's going right into doing like… Kipping pull-ups. Yeah, kipping pull-ups or snatches. Come on, Karen. And the coaches are the the most… That's probably the most important thing to have really good coaches. Because you have to scale people properly and get them set up for success and prevent injury. Because you, you see people just, they get caught up in this, oh, we're doing an EMOM today. Do everything uh, as as fast as possible or get as many reps as you can in this time frame. Mm-hmm. And they're sacrificing technique and, and form. Yeah. I remember one time I went to a gym and one thing, I and obviously it's different every gym, but I feel like they do push the envelope of failing mm-hmm. and getting used to failing. Whereas my approach to fitness would be like, eh, Probably like for the general fitness person, you don't really need to fail that much. It's no, like that don't. 70, 80, maybe yeah. 90 every now and then percent, you know, rate of perceived effort, whatever you want to call it. But we were literally doing squats and they're like, hey, you're going to build up to this three repetition max and then you're going to AMRAP until you have to, you know, come out from under the bar. And I was like, I don't think that that's, you know, there's a, there's a lack of progression. Yeah. And that yeah. you're just immersing yourself directly into it and doing this yeah. high intensity, high level conditioning stuff that people aren't built for. It's like you're going past like a capacity threshold that you don't even have yet. Totally. So it's like, what's your threshold? Well, I don't freaking know. So it's like, why try to push past it? Like, let's just see like where you get to a certain fatigue point and then just end it right there. So I think CrossFit should use percentages mm-hmm. based on where you're at in your scale of beginner, intermediate, or advanced. I agree. So like, if, if you're doing the AMRAP workout or the EMOM workout, you should work at a scale of 60 to 70% based on your experience working out. Like if you're at a beginner level. Yeah. And that's your max. So, so you're only pushing that 60, 60 right, to right. 70% threshold. You're staying at a decent heart rate, uh, heart rate range. And you're recovering as efficiently as possible. And if you're at a high level advanced person, mm-hmm. then you can go to that 90%, 100% threshold. Yeah. Yeah. What are your guys' thoughts on, you know, since CrossFit is one of those higher intensity, you know, bouts. I think it's cool because you get in and out in an hour. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like you said, some of these movements are super advanced. They're throwing people right into it. It's your recipe for disaster. But what about like a P90X? Like, you know, the, what's that? The site, the body. Beach body. Beach body and all the, you know, all the like, what's the other one? Um, 
Sean T. Yeah. What's it? Insanity. Insanity. Yeah. That's what yeah. it was. Insanity. Yeah. What do you guys think about like that kind of um, that kind of thing? I mean, I did fall to. I did used to do P ninety S all the time in high school. It was rough. Yeah, but I think it's like I wouldn't say it's overrated because it gives like I mean, just like any, I guess, fitness level or fitness modality, whatever. It provides some sort of way of getting started. So it's like it's not necessarily overrated, but I think there's no real progression in it. Like they do say, oh yeah, like go at like your own pace, but it's like nobody's going to go at their own pace. They're going to want to push hard every single time. And to your point, in high school doing those workouts, like you just had a post on your story the other day about athletes and like these trainers trying to specify what training template works best. And it's like you give any kid a stimulus in that anabolic range where they're going through puberty, they're going Anything's to maximize their potential and they're going to look great and they're yeah. going to perform great. Yeah. I think it's the same to that same point too. Like say for example, like there's a guy I know that trains Najee Harris back in Cali and he's like, oh yeah, I did this. It's like, dude, literally if you give a five-year-old a, and have that five-year-old write up a program for Najee, he's going to do an amazing no matter what because yeah, he's matter. just a freak athlete. Yeah. Yeah. So there's an execution element to it. Yeah. But I would say, I don't Come know. There's got to be one you just hate. Just say it. <sighs> what about yoga, Chris? I think everything I has I, its purpose. Everything has its purpose. That's hard though. <laughs> it does man. have its purpose. But if you, it's had to like, pick, if you had to pick one. If, like, if, if I had to pick one, one when if I was like 21, I would like twin, my old 21 self would say CrossFit is definitely the overrated. Because like one thing, so like one of my favorite strength coaches, his name's Australian strength coach. He brought up a point where, I don't know how true it is because he may be biased to this, but he said that with CrossFitters, you can't really be good at one thing. You're just, or you can't be really great at one thing. You're just good at stuff. So you're kind of like, as kids now, kids nowadays say, you're kind of mid on everything. <laughs> yeah, you, you will never optimally progress in one facet yeah. of your. It's training. like if you want to be like crazy good at Olympic lifting, you kind of have to be just doing Olympic lifting. But if you want to do your endurance stuff, then you have to do like primarily endurance. Which stuff. is why they get the yeah. title of most fit that's where in the world. That's, though, so yeah. it makes sense. Yeah. So that's where it's like. It's like agree to disagree kind of thing. Because it's like I agree with what he says to an extent. It's like, yeah, you can't be like great at everything, but you're still fucking good right. at everything. But if we're talking just strictly for people getting their entry into fitness, I would say CrossFit is overrated. Yeah. <laughs> I don't clip that. <laughs> CrossFit's very fucking overrated. There we go. It's like there's clip, no, no context moment. provided at all. <laughs> that is the clippable moment. <laughs> I don't know. I see, like, I, I get what you guys are saying. I mean, I, I agree with all the things. But yeah. at the same time, I've just seen some people that have no background. And I feel like the community aspect, because you don't just have a… great. Well, the community, but yeah. what I'm saying is, like, you don't just… Have, like, for example, my sister does CrossFit. I think she has more… She has an athletic background. She's young, so she's not yeah. going to tear herself up. I think if you have the right coaches in the… That's the thing. Yeah. And the thing… The right coaches make all the difference. Yeah. yeah. The right coaches in the facility. Yeah. Even if you're doing… Sorry, guys. We'll, we'll, we'll bleep that out. Chandler's hammered. Yeah. <laughs> Chandler's drinking before this. Damn it. <laughs> On a Tuesday. <laughs> but it's like, I think you do get… Oh, my Sorry. <laughs> Jeez. God. Go for I, it. I do think that you get all the facets of training that you might miss out on. And as opposed to going to a personal trainer yeah. and knowing what you're looking for in an online program or the yeah. like. Or just going to the gym. Like, I would say… 
if someone's brand new and they went to a CrossFit gym, I would almost rather them go there than to like, for example, around here in Axiom. Or an Orange Theory. One, yeah, that 100%. Is, that's like Actually, probably top of the list. I would say… And I worked there for a year. Yeah, because I did work at a Barry's Boot Camp, which is similar. And I will say that something like Orange Theory slash Barry's Boot Camp is the most overrated. Yes. Because you're going all out all the time. There's no real… There's maybe like… There's one really good coach. Mm-hmm. And he's going to hate me for saying this because he's a good coach. But besides that, everybody else that I've seen… It's like just go, 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 go. And I've all never out. seen progression in people. I see There's nothing. People… Like, like when I worked there for a year, I would see the same people four or five days a week. And they're getting their cortisol spike. Yeah. And then they're also lifting weights at the same time. They're sending their body mixed signals. Again, you're not optimizing anything, which means you're not going to get growth. And those people are leaving there with no nutritional insight or background. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And unlike some coaches do do a good job of saying like, hey, do this only like two, three times a week. But other coaches be like, fuck yeah, like come here like five times a week. Oh, they'll, they'll try to sell it. Well, they yeah. do sell it because I have one client that she does it on the days that we don't train. And they have things like the… Orange Theory Marathon month. Yep. And so, according to whatever… I don't know how they calculate their distance. like a row like, marathon. Yeah, it's do, like you yeah. just have to get X amount of meters to do a marathon in the month. So, it's like whenever you come in, you got your 10 minutes before the actual workout. You just got to freaking… Crank it. Crank them out. I, there's no way I'd be able to do that. I don't know how people do like Orange Theory at 6 a.m. And it was… No, and that's part of it. And like I worked there for a year and I did, I did probably two classes in a year. And like I wasn't living it, and people that saw me working, like they knew I wasn't doing that. Like, yeah. Do you do this? He's just jacked out of his mind. He's but, like, yeah, I do a row marathon every month because I I knew very clearly this is not benefiting me, and like you're sacrificing something by doing something at a high aerobic threshold, and then doing something at a higher anaerobic threshold, and yeah. you're, you're trying to combine the two, and you're just not going to get good results. You're you're beating your body up for the sake of beating your body up. Yeah, it's just it's just and it's like oh like I earned this next meal and it's like so you just go to town on whatever kind of food and it's like your caloric intake is just defeated the whole purpose of like that workout too. And people don't understand how important your nervous system and your hormones are in all this stuff. Yeah, when you're just constantly killing your nervous system like five days a week by doing this high intensity training and then not recovering properly. It, it just sets you back. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing with any any sort of commercial fitness, we'll call it product, is there is no gauge in intensity. So going back to the CrossFit example, a lot of times it's like, okay, the water of the day is a 10,000 meter row. Mm-hmm. All people know is I got to crank this thing out. Yeah. Right? Which on Monday might be great, but then say you have another wad where it's, you know, more cyclical. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. you know, doing a, some meter or some calories on the salt bike and then yeah. I don't know some thrusters or something like you should be doing it at a moderate low to moderate intensity and that's the thing yeah. they do try they do obviously the whole premise of the class is to do things based on heart rate so like you're, they're trying to lead people to specific heart rates um, but whether people take that fully into account or not is up to them so yeah. it's like you're letting people kind of lead their own path like the coaches mm-hmm. if you have a group of 20 in a class like you can only check in on people so much and really yeah. cater to their needs yeah well, with that being said, well, what we want to do in the next segment is we want to get into some specific examples of, you know, a, we just call them nine to fivers for lack of a better term, but someone who's in their element. And I think we should start with someone in their twenties, you know, with a, usually when you're in twenties, you come out of college, you have some sort of an athletic background, whether it's in high school, you probably did some recreational sports. Um, usually you're not 
I don't know, too overweight by then. You know, you're not too. We'd hope so. Gone. Well, yeah, yeah, right. Other than those those uh, college lunches in mm-hmm. lunchroom. Or your what you is it? The swipe the... cards. In college, yeah, yeah. I think oh. you'd have like the cafeteria. I didn't. You got. You guys had that at your. We college? had. Well, we had the, the. We had the team would eat breakfast and lunches together. I went to a commuter like, school, so it was more like just give me your credit card and. Oh really? Oh, yeah. yeah. You didn't do anything on campus. Mm-hmm. I went. I mean, I went to a junior college, but I would borrow my buddy's swipes and just cereal bar it all day. I don't know how they. Yeah, I can't remember how they factored that, but we would. It was like all you can eat every day. So it was like a debit card kind of thing, kind of. Oh, yeah, you basically balance. buy it. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But for someone getting into that, you know, setting where they're getting out of college, getting into their their career, so to speak, how would you guys align that framework for someone with that kind of background? Depends on their goals. Well, we're just talking general fitness here. I think you you should mix a few elements. And like, this is where I think you should check boxes. And like, you should incorporate maybe some some yoga once a week. You should incorporate some bodybuilding elements three to four days a week. And maybe you should have some some running or some um, movement training a couple days a week. So I think if, you should try to get an understanding of each lane. And then if you feel like you have a specific passion, then pursue that. But you should probably try to educate yourself and kind of understand yeah. um, how all these things work and how they all work your, and benefit your body. And I think a big one too is because I think in college a lot of us like kind of figure out what we like and what we don't like in regards to fitness. But the, I think the big one that a lot of people um, have issues uh, finding is like the nutrition aspect. It's like how should I eat as an endurance runner? How should I eat as, say, for example, a bodybuilder or a power lifter? Like, how many carbs should I have, like, before my run tomorrow morning? Mm-hmm. Or, like, how many carbs should I have before my workout? Whether it's for powerlifting or bodybuilding or, say, CrossFit, for example. I think that's such a a lane where people have trouble with. Because mm-hmm. that's, what, like, because I train some college kids even now, and they have zero idea of, like, how to what anything about nutrition is. It's just like, well, yeah, I feel like crap. It's like, yeah, because you're going at fast food all the time. Let's try to not quote unquote clean it up, but eat more like whole nutritious right. foods. And I think people need, they. I think no matter the age group, I think you yeah. do have to set a specific intention and goal. Mm-hmm. Based on that goal, then you can cater your training and nutrition to that. Yeah. So like, if, is it a composition goal? Is it a performance goal? Is it a strength goal? What are we aiming for? Pick that goal and then do the education to figure out what the best route to attain that yeah. is. It's kind of like, for example, like with like your hybrid stuff, like you're getting more and more familiar with that lane and with like conjugate training. Like for me, like I don't know much about conjugate training, but like you've done a great job of like learning more about it. So it's like, okay, this is how I can train for it. This is how like I can nourish my body for it. Yeah. yeah. I would say for, in, in my opinion, like a 20, like someone who's just getting out of college, what it? What? Oh, I thought it was like something we were moving around. Oh, anyways, uh, I would say like if you're just getting out of college, you're young. I'm gonna, you know, you don't have kids or anything that's taking a ton of responsibility outside of work. I would say it's this is the time. Just from what I've seen with older populations, this is the time when you should whatever you get into. Yes, I think you should try a lot of different fitness avenues. Mm-hmm. You know. Go to the, even though we just talked about, you know, overrated versus underrated. It's like, go to the Orange Theory, go to the CrossFit gym, go to the commercial gym and, you know, get into bodybuilding or whatever. 
But I think it's the the time to almost, for lack of a better term, obsess over it a little bit. Yeah. You know, learn how to track and then just track like no other. Yeah. And, you know, YouTube things. And and the reason I use obsess is because later on in life, what I found is people don't want to do those things and they won't do those things. Mm -hmm. So as a coach, you're looking at more like, you almost have to get creative. Like, all right, how do I make this person eat this amount of protein or, you Uh know, stay away from Uh snacking or whatever, because they just formed all these habits. So I think when you're young and you don't have a ton of responsibility, it's like build build the habits essentially. Yeah. Yeah. That's the best time to establish those things when you don't have the, like the ton of responsibility, you don't have kids, you don't have other things to cater to. Yeah. When I was, I mean, outside of being like a student athlete, I think if you're just a student, you're going to have a lot of free time on your hands and you should, you should pour into other buckets and see what works for you and see how you can kind of optimize yourself mentally, physically, spiritually, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And if like, if you have the free time allotted, like say like for your job, then it's, it's like time to like, okay, I can dive into this. But if you don't have any like downtime, then it's like figure out like how you can fit it into your schedule. So maybe let's go, let's go in that direction then because we have say the 20 to 30 year old, someone who is still just living life, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know what you would call that. But, you know, a little little looser, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, less responsibility. They have more time. So let's go from more time to less time because as yeah. you get older, you get more responsibilities, have mm-hmm. kids, all the, you know, all the good stuff. So someone who has more time, like, let's go in that direction. I don't know how when to… When you have more time, fine-tune the things like sleep. Fine-tune the things like hydration and… Like set that foundation so it becomes a habit to where you do get busy. Those things are already established. Yeah. It doesn't become a thought. It's like it's this is like brushing my teeth. I drink a gallon of water every day because that's what I do. I eat well because that's what I do. I train once a day because that's what I do. Now you get all those other responsibilities. You're already a healthy, high functioning person. So top top five habits to build in your twenties. Understanding of nutrition. But something like let's simplify it. Let's dumb it down. I would say protein, adequate protein. Yeah. Getting adequate protein. Yeah. Adequate protein. Carbs are not bad for you. That's a big one. <laughs> Top three places to get protein. Top three places to get protein? Top three places to get Ground meat is easy. Egg whites are easy. Chicken breast. Chicken breast. Yeah. Eggs and are a big Especially one. like chicken breast, like right now, especially if you go to Albertsons, $1.99 a pound. I've been doing the chicken thigh lately. A little, higher, really little, little higher fattier. fat, but uh, tastes a little bit better. <laughs> oh, for sure. You know, it doesn't dry out as much. Have you so. tried air frying your chicken breast? Yeah, I do. But it's still like… It's still dry. still a little dry. Yeah. I don't refrigerate. I used to bread. bake my chicken. And like, I, bake, I bake it in the Ninja Foodie. Oh, I when I first started eating well, like I would… Like when I was in high school, going up into like my first few years of college, I would… I would eat everything plain. I thought salt was bad. I thought you could only do like, I would do baked chicken and then like some some broccoli. And that was my meal. No understanding of carbohydrates, no understanding of energy balance. Like, oh, this is healthy. This is what I see. So like, I think establishing the education to understand what macros are and what Mm -hmm. each of those energy systems do for your body specifically. Like yeah, that's good. Carbs, that's your energy source. Protein, yeah. that's your recovery and your muscle building. Fats, that's your hormones. So like yeah. establishing those bases is going to set you up for success to know that they all have a purpose. Yeah. I think, and then for like from a fitness perspective, just getting like the very like basic standard of getting three times a week, 30 minutes. Yeah. Something as simple as that. Because like World Health Organization, they have that as like their recommended, recommended guidelines. And the fact that 
even kids now that are in their 20s and say early 30s, they're not even getting that. No. Especially with like in corporate America, a lot of people are just sitting and then when they get home, they sit. And when they, obviously when they're driving, they're sitting. So it's like they're constantly in a sedentary state. And it's something as simple as getting 30 minutes three times a week. That's like solid because then that's good for your heart health. It's good for your joints. It's good for your your posture. Even just like doing the benefits of just standing instead of just sitting. It's huge. And one of my favorite things, like how I have my client Michael with like just getting a Swiss ball, like a yoga ball and just sitting on that instead of moves around, gets the core work in. Like I got matched when I do and he's like, dude, my core is burning. I was like, yeah, do that instead of just sitting on a yeah, chair. Like, how look at us right, you are every day. Yeah, yeah, look at us right now. Loose. Like me, I'm slouching. Now imagine if you do that for nine hours a day. No. I remember doing work next door like for two hours. Like my right hip hurts. And you get up and move. I can't. I don't know how people do it for like six plus hours a no. day. Well, I think they get, you know, obviously it's sedentary just sitting, but they sit in one spot. So you're crouched yes. forward and you don't move. Whereas it's like, I mean, I can't sit still. Like you'll no. see during the podcast. Yeah. I'm always like, I'm just doing around. that. I mean… It doesn't reset you, but people think no. that you have to be like in this rigid state. No. It's like, no, no, just just move a little move bit. Consistently. Yeah. Up a little bit. I think, and that's where like a big thing too is like rounding your back when you're seated gets such a bad stigma because it's like, if that's comfortable for you for like 20 minutes, that's fine. Mm-hmm. It's more so if it's prolonged and chronic where you do that for hours and hours on end and days throughout the week. If you're able to just move around in different positions, like you're fine. I think one underrated thing as far as like like a t- the top five is getting yourself on a sleep rhythm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially at that age. it's People are going it's to sleep huge. at midnight one night. Then they're going to sleep at eight the next night. They're going to sleep at 2 a.m. And it's like… It's all over the place. Your energy is going to be different depending on like… Mm-hmm. Your body works on a… Or wants to work on a clock. And it's most efficient working on a clock. So if you can set a time to go to bed every night. Mm-hmm. And wake up every time the same morning and stick to it. Your body's going to be on a rhythm and it's going to function so much better. Mm-hmm. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be used to eating at specific times. And then like your metabolism works works much better. You're going to rest better. It's just, everything is kind of in sync. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The sleep is one of the most underrated. And that's like a whole another topic itself. Cause it's like how many ways we can improve our sleep. Like put the phone down. Yep. And if you're on your phone, like for me, like I like wearing my blue light glasses right before mm-hmm. bed or even just turning my phone onto night mode. Yeah. And then just like, if I'm stressed, like for the next day and I'm constantly thinking of thoughts, I just, as cheesy as it sounds, I'm writing everything down. Because yeah. then I just like do like a massive dump onto a piece of paper. That's good. And then I'm just like, okay, it's out of the way. Yeah. I think just, oh yeah. And adding to it, because I think we're at like three or four, but it's like a routine. Mm-hmm. Build a, yeah. a a blueprint of a routine because it's going to change throughout your life depending on, mm-hmm. you know, being promoted, having a significant other. And you're going to have off days, but if mm-hmm. you just have a basic template yeah. in place, it's going to help those rhythms. Yeah. I would say that and going to your to your point, Chris, with the three times a week, I would say get used to at least one of those sessions being like hard. Yeah. Like high intensity. Yeah. At least one time a week. Challenge yeah. your threshold a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. So what do we got? I we agree. got obviously nutrition. Know Move, all the different macronutrients, proteins, carbs, fats, how they work in your body, how to track them, and um, realizing just how vital they are. And And I'll add to one more thing to that. Really realizing that you need meals, not getting used to snacking, yep. being on the go yeah. all the time. Like that's awesome to do. Protein bars are great to have on the go at times, but you should get used to eating meals, breakfast, mm-hmm. lunch, dinner. Yep. You know, maybe yeah. not in that order. Snacking but. shouldn't really be even a built-in thing. You should be no. looking forward to your next meal, complete meal that's mm-hmm. gonna give you everything you need to continue functioning. Yeah. Functioning. 
Because when it's like, I feel like it's also like a problem when people are like, like they have their meal and like, oh, I can't even finish it. It's mm-hmm. like, what's going on? I've never had that problem. <laughs> yeah, me neither. But yeah. <laughs> when Lindsay does it, I'm like, dude, what are you? Yeah. But I think that that's another thing as far as like, there's differences between men and women too. It's like, mm-hmm. I notice more often women are snackers mm-hmm. and they're like, my mom specifically, like she'll have a cup of coffee in the morning. She'll have a couple crackers at like 10 o'clock and then she'll have like dinner <laughs> some mac and cheese or something and it's like they're just these little things sporadically there's no yeah. structure at all it's just like I'm not really hungry so I'm just gonna keep pushing it off and like it, you're not thinking about what it's doing for you or what it's not yeah. doing for you by not eating like just getting again like used to that structure and that organization of having like a calendar to when you're eating specific yeah. things and why you should be doing that like people are just they're just not educated on how mm-hmm. important fuel is for their daily lifestyle. I think hunger is a ha- like uh, you know it's, you can train habit. it. Yep. So I I would say that you know obviously I've heard, I hear people say well I do intuitive eating and it's like I think you can only do intuitive eating if you, if you are trained yep. nutritionally already totally. where your body like, is like already. Us three, we could that. definitely do it no problem. Yes. I don't know. See I I don't think I could really. No, because I, I, I have the same problem, whereas if it's in my cupboard, I'll, I'll totally snack. I, I, to that point, I think you almost need years of tracking and knowing what works best for you before you can be like, okay, I get it now. Yeah. I no longer need to track. I know what my body works on, and depending on my mm-hmm. training frequency and my intensity, this is how I adjust it. Yeah. If you have no backing, you can't just be like, I just started working out. I'm going to intuitively eat. <laughs> It just yeah. doesn't it work. Does, it doesn't work. Especially because it's like, you don't know how much is four ounces or like how much chicken breast is right. that. You don't know how much like protein is in that. Like if you're having like enchiladas, for example, it's right. like, do you know how much protein is going to be in no. that? No. It's like, oh, I'm eating protein. But it's like, yeah, you also got a lot of fats. And our our body can play tricks on us sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. It might tell you you're not hungry when really you need a full, complete meal. And mm-hmm. like, if you just listened to everything your body told you, then you wouldn't get very far. Well, it's kind of like the feeling when you haven't eaten for a long time and then suddenly nothing sounds good. Yeah. Have you ever had that problem? I've mm-hmm. had that multiple times. Yeah, it's like, eh. Like, you wanted to go out to eat, but then as it gets closer, you're like, I'm not really that hungry. But it's but also, then, yeah. then you take a bite and you're like, dude. <laughs> I'm starving. I didn't yeah. know how hungry I was. Like, the amount of times I heard that like at like parties, it's like, dude, I didn't know how hungry I was. And then it's like the slices of pizza and they get like five. I was like, dude, I ordered this box for me, not for you. You said you weren't hungry. <laughs> I think that's why like our significant others also like they steal the fries. It's they like, didn't know how hungry they were. Yeah, they didn't know how hungry they, they just were. just couldn't gauge it. What's yeah. with salads and fries? <laughs> is that guys, a thing? Dude, this is like, yeah, I guess you Wait, guys like the combination? Every gal that gets a salad doesn't matter what kind of salad it is. They order a side of fries. I kid you not. I bet it's 95%. <laughs> are they getting chicken on their salad or are they getting any protein? No. It's just like, I'm getting my my fiber and my… They have I to have fries. I think that's what it is. I think because it's like a cycle. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I would probably do that too. Just because it's like a psychological thing. of like, oh, I'm getting my greens in. And then it's like, oh, but I, fries are good too. <laughs> I wouldn't choose fries though. Really? No, I'm not a huge fry guy. Unless they're piping hot. Oh, really? That's the really? determining factor? It really is, yeah. yeah. If they're not fresh hot. Wait, so you don't like sushi or fries? No, I like I like fries. It's just not my go-to. Like, I like the burger over the fries. But they're kind of like… It's a staple. <laughs> it's like a handshake. It's not. I don't know. It's not as… It's, not <laughs> it's as, like PB and then it's J. <laughs> like, sometimes I'll get a, a burger and a so Caesar salad. you get like salad. no J if you do the PB? <laughs> it's like, I'm trying to wrap Wait, my head around on. this. I just don't get it. Hold on. Wait, what? <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't always get fries. That's fair. 
It's not. It's not as important. I mean, last time okay, we here's, okay, here's you, what last is. time we did go out, you did not order fries. That's right. I remember that. Yeah, I felt like a fat ass because I ordered fries. And just like, yeah. <laughs> here's the thing. That's why I, I don't think have fries can literally ruin the whole meal because really yes because this no hear me out hear me out on this hear me out on this this is a hot take hot take <laughs> if you order a burger okay and you get cold fries. Right? Not cold, but just like lukewarm fries that have been sitting. I work in a restaurant. I know what happens. It happens all the time. It happens very often. If Damn it. You can put… Like I have people put crispy. Like they do everything and I can type in whatever. The cooks are going to do what the cooks are going to do. Doesn't change anything. And if you go out to eat like to a fast food place. Unless it's In-N-Out Burger. Shout out In-N-Out. Shout we'll out see you guys soon. November. Yep. Anyways, if they're not piping hot, I think it, it just is like, oh. Cold carbohydrates. Might as well eat cold rice. <laughs> that's actually that's a fair point and if you they're, they're not a reheatable item either it's like no. you put them in the microwave you gotta eat them fast and, yeah I can understand your point I cut the burger in half I go burger eat my fries other half a burger that's the yeah I usually go burger completely and then then attack the fries so I get it <laughs> do you have a routine <laughs> my, my burger routine yeah I usually put the fries in the burger okay that's a good combo that's a, too wow yeah. Yeah. All right. Because it's like, I always like the crunch of the fries. So it's like, if I can get… Unless like, they're soggy. <laughs> yeah, you know, you've ruined my argument. But like, I think like also like one thing too with fries, especially if I door dash it, like they're going to be soggy no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because… It's, it's, it's an yeah, it's kind of a loss. Yeah. So that's why I always try to ask for like, well done. You have to, yeah. And you have to like… Crispy fries. Eat it like then and there. Piping hot. Some places do better than others. Yeah. Dave's Hot Chicken does great they, on they fries. They do. They kill it. They're always piping hot. Yeah. I almost got yeah. it the other night. It's, I've been good this week. I almost got it the other night. <laughs> but anyway, back to the 20. Back to 20s, 30s. Yeah. Well, okay. So we got <laughs> we got nutrition. Know how your nutrition affects you. Protein, fats, yeah. carbs. Make sure you get enough protein. Uh, movement. Move at least three times a week. 30 mm-hmm. minutes sessions. I would say at least one of those is a difficult high intensity session. We have sleep. Sleep is probably the most underrated just staple that you can have in your life. And so get into a rhythm where you're going to bed at the same time. If you're not going to bed at the same time, wake up at the same time every morning. I think that's the problem is people don't start their day off to where they actually get tired. And And even if you can't get to bed at the same time every night, it still serves you to get up at the same time. Mm -hmm. Big time. Even though (laughs) that's so tough sometimes. It is. And then overall routine… Just build a routine. Build a blueprint. It's going to change throughout your life. But if you have that blueprint, it's going to help out immensely. Mm-hmm. And then that's four. Yeah. Is that four? That's four. Is that four? I think five, a good one, is try not to stress so much. Yeah. Because I think that's like also like it entails with the four. Mm-hmm. Because for someone that doesn't know anything, all four of those is fucking overwhelming. Yep. So it's like try not to stress. Like just take one little mm-hmm. win at yep. a time. Yep. So I think that should be number five is trying to baby steps with it. Because it's like if I tell like my sister to do all of this, she's going to look at me and go laugh in my face and say fuck off. Because it's like that's a lot. Yeah. Remember we said 20s to 30s. So like build this over the course of yeah, the Of that like throughout decade. that time. Yeah. 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 Establish who you are as a person yeah. in, in the physical mm-hmm. world. So moving on to 30s and 40s, we have a little bit different element. You know, some people stay in it. Some people stay active in yeah. recreational leagues as far as, you know, athletics go. Some people are… Well, I would say a lot of people are at the gym. But as you guys know, we see people at the gym that, A, don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have a little more responsibility in their life. Promotions at work. 
or they're not where they want to be. They might have kids, significant others, all those good mm-hmm. things. So what is the strategy for you guys as coaches looking at someone who doesn't have as much time, mm-hmm. maybe doesn't have the the resources to, you know, track, to learn, to, yeah. you know, become obsessed with a certain yeah. avenue of fitness? Establish it before it becomes a need to establish. Yeah. Like, take care of it before you have the health concerns. Take, mm-hmm. over, take care of it before you have… The, the stress management issues, like inform yourself as much as possible. I think people get so stuck in their lives that their health and fitness becomes less of a priority mm-hmm. and it should always be imprinted into um, yeah. into their lifestyle consistently. If it's if it's already kind of on the decline, what are the small steps that you're telling these people to take to achieve those small wins like and start getting back Start with one of those things at a time. Yeah. I think one of my favorite things I told you guys this this past weekend is my favorite thing to do with clients is microdosing workouts, not shrooms, workouts. Um, <laughs> uh, microdosing your workouts because say if you don't have a lot of time, like one of my clients, she only has 20 to 30 minutes in the morning and then figures out, okay, I have 20, 30 minutes at night. So she'll do 20 minutes of her workout that I prescribe for her. Like, so she'll do the first two to three exercises and then at night, she does the other two to three exercises. So it's like she doesn't feel defeated if it's like such a… So she doesn't feel like it's a big issue. And then also, I think being realistic with the time frame you have, don't try to schedule six days a week of your workouts because mm-hmm. then you're going to feel defeated. Don't schedule five. Start off small, two to three. Especially like say who's someone who hasn't worked out in a year or so. So it's like start off small because you don't want to go balls to the wall and then out of nowhere, burnout. you get burnout. Exactly. I think two to three is a staple for everyone. Yeah. I think if you can get two to three days of working out a week, you're going to be in a great place. Yeah. You're going to take care of a lot of issues and your, mm-hmm. your health is going to be at a much better place. Mm-hmm. You don't need… People think they just need to go gung-ho and like do everything at once and you really yeah. don't need to. Scale it back, start at one thing and just gradually work your way up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's… It's reset what your standard is because I feel like a lot of people who are in the 30s to 40s, they still remember what they did in high school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They still remember when they benched three plates yep. or, you know, for for some reason, everybody remembers that they squatted like 800 pounds. I've I never understood that one. I used to have 22-inch arms in high school. Yeah. It's like, no, you did not. <laughs> no, you did not. <laughs> yes, I did. I used to look like you. Yeah. Like, I don't have 22-inch arms, bro. Yeah. Uh, no, but I think it's resetting that standard. You're not where you used to be. You're n- you're not athletic anymore. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm okay with that. It's, it's all right. It's mm-hmm. like start over. You know, like you guys said, scale it down and just do something. Just yeah. start to move. Start from the bare basics. Mm-hmm. To that point, just start where you're at and then see the wins from that point forward instead of always looking back to what you once were. Yeah. I think that's a big one too. Like with like, I'm sure like all three of us with our clients, it's like, oh man, like I used to do this. I used to do this. I used to do that. It's like, style it back because it's like you were an athlete. You were like, for example, I had a console like a couple months ago of an individual who said like they were like a professional gymnast. It's like, yeah, you were 13 to 18. Mm-hmm. It's a long time You're ago. You're 40 now. Yep. You're not really much time. of an athlete now. Mm-hmm. So let's dial it back a lot. Yep. Yeah. And you don't have to be. That's okay. It's yeah. like this is health preservation and longevity. Yeah. Yeah. You know? You have realistic expectations. You don't need to be shredded. No. You don't need to be the fittest person walking. Like, you just need to be healthy for yourself and your family and the mm-hmm. people around you. Yeah. I think this, I think when you get into your 
30s and 40s, this is where the goals really come into play. Not that they're not important when you're 20s or 30s, but I feel like in when you're in your 20s, it's like you can just dive into something like, ah, I'm going to try it for a while, get obsessed with yeah. whatever it is. I mean, I for me, it was like bodybuilding. You watch every YouTuber and you just do what they do and right. screw around. I feel like 30s and 40s, it's like if you start to have the responsibility of having kids, you know, having work conflicts and just life kind of hits you in the face, mm-hmm. you have to start picking like where do you want to be? Like how do you know, how do you want to maneuver through life? Because yeah. you can't be the committed athlete anymore. It's like, do you yeah. want to go out and be able to have a couple glasses of wine, you know, or, you know, beer, or, you know, yeah. partake in the the pizza every now and then. Right. It's like, if that's a part of your life, that's fine, but it is going to inhibit whatever, you know, status you see yourself as this shredded right. individual. Kind of like you're saying, you yep. don't have to be shredded. Yeah. So I think you have to start to configure like how do you want to actually operate with your friends and your social life and yeah because if you want to be an athlete yeah then it takes yeah. way more dedication yeah and i think that too like going with that like going in or into a rant of this like i've always like hated when like bodybuilders like would like always try to say like oh i sacrificed this i sacrificed that's like motherfucker you chose to do this it's a choice you chose to like sacrifice this xyz like yeah of course you didn't like have Thanksgiving dinner with your family because you decided to do a show in December. You have just like, as much of an option as anybody else. Yeah. 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 Sorry. That was my rant. <laughs> Segway. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> what about nutrition-wise? So, and what I want to get into because this will definitely come up way later in life. Yeah. Let's face it. People aren't going to track. I, I yeah. would say at least 50% of the time if not more. I would say like you 65. Know? And you guys have way more experience in this. But what strategies do you give to someone who doesn't matter how much you say, like, hey, you got to take inventory of what you're eating. Mm-hmm. They're just not going to do it. I think there's two markers to be conscious of. It's your calories and your protein. I think yeah. if you can at least, that should remove the overwhelm of tracking everything. Yeah. Just hit the protein number and hit the calorie number. Like, at least start with the protein mm-hmm. number. And if you feel comfortable getting the protein and then you want to make specific progress, then get, be more conscious of the total caloric intake. Yeah. I agree with that. And I think, too, because with having clients that have kids, I think the big one is the kids are going to be watching everything that the parent does when they're at a younger age. So by implementing small things of like, oh, like protein source of this, protein source of that. Like two of my clients, like they have a four-year-old and a two-year-old and they like love protein bars instead of eating like Oreos and stuff. I'm like, okay, that's a cool option. Yeah. Like that's that's cool that you guys do that. And so like they they'll make like these like not like gourmet dinners but they'll keep it basic because it's like because they have their goals and they want their kids to see that too and if if you can if you really really cannot track your protein at least know and be conscious to have protein in every single yes. meal that yeah. you do have yeah. it should right be the there. main focus yeah and it's like keeping it simple of like having like a balance of each of the elements whether it's like I always like to say, like, say, for example, like that burger and fries, going back to that analogy, like saying, let's substitute the fries out. Say, if you want to get a beer, just substitute the fries out, right. get the beer, and then you can have like your, your greens from your salad. So at least you get some sort of micronutrients because let's be honest, like that one little lather of lettuce isn't going to do it for you. Yeah. yeah. And I think being understanding of 80% of your food should be coming from a whole food source. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty broad. Pick 80% of your food to come from whole food source. And if you want the ice cream at the end of the night, or if you want to have a treat, or if you want to have an, a, a cheat meal or just a meal that's free, yeah. then go for it. But 
you should get used to eating things that were grown or were once living consistently. Yeah. And not Just like your body to man, function, quote unquote man made. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If it's in a box or if it's in a bag, probably not the greatest thing. So seek more in the outskirts of your grocery aisles and like go for more of those options and then you can make your way to the center. Mm-hmm. I will say, and this could be even be a 20s to 30s thing, because this is something I lack, but I think it's like a pro tip. With that being said, 80% of your foods being whole, sometimes you fall into the trap of like we were talking about before, like just baked my chicken, ate it dry. Like it's not good, but you know, for, for I feel like for us, it's like you kind of just you have that bodybuilder mind where you just fuel yourself. Yeah. But for someone trying to eat healthy, I would say the better you are at cooking, yes, it's and huge. being creative, that's a huge, big huge. one. Seasoning, yes, like just yeah. being just educated in that realm. I'm definitely not, yep. yeah. and it does take effort. Yep. And it, honestly, I it's not effort that I like to put in. But I wish I had a, a, a more vast knowledge of like, hey, like this is going to make this taste way better. I can put this, and you know, just knowing how everything fits together to make a nutrition, yeah. nutritional and yeah. tasty meal. And actually using each macro to add to the flavor of the meal. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I like to do chicken with like a sweet potato and then some guacamole, maybe some almonds and then some like sprouts. It's like… Yeah. You can make things taste really good by just adding in some fats here. Like fats can be a game changer. They are like, such a game changer. Like the chicken thigh versus chicken breast yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can you can make it palatable. It doesn't have to be dry. It doesn't have to be bland. That should not be the way that you're pursuing your health. No. Like you should enjoy your food and you should yeah. find things that are healthy that really taste good. That's where like, this is going to be a hot take, but like with the whole CT flesh, you're like, oh, like… Of like, uh, oh, that tastes nasty. It's nasty. Like, just like, and then saying like, oh, the hardcore thing of like, no, you got like, no. eat it. Like, even if it tastes bad, it's no. like, you just are a <laughs> shitty cook then. <laughs> yes, That's, totally. Just say Shoveling that. Down. Yeah, I've done yeah. that. It's not fun. Like, ha- like doing like low-cal marinades are such a game changer. Mm-hmm. And like marinating like your chicken breast or your steak like overnight, Ooh. such a game changer. And to that point, there's a lot of ho- like lower calorie options out there these there's days. There's so much. Like, 10, 20 years ago, you didn't have a lot of these options that you mm-hmm. that you now have that are more caloric, mm-hmm. um, faceted, and they're more based on more whole food ingredients, even if they do come in a container or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, what is it? Uh, this isn't whole foods. Uh, what's the uh, farm syrup that literally has nothing oh, yeah. in it? Oh, Walden Farms. Walden Farms. <laughs> Farms. Yeah. Drizzle that stuff everywhere. <laughs> yeah. What about, what do you guys say to clients who or in the process of like having kids, sleep is huge. Huge, but yeah. it's not, it's just not, not going to happen. Yeah. How, what's the strategy for them just in the day-to-day to kind of counter that and to battle it essentially? For them, it's kind of about like, this is the reality of your life right now. Yeah. You, it's for, for somebody that has more structure in their sleep and then they have a couple nights of shitty sleep, okay, time to take a rest day. But for somebody that consistently has shitty sleep because they have little kids and they yeah. have other stuff going on, I'm just like, unfortunately, you kind of have to suck it up a little bit and you got to find time to get your exercise in because that's going to benefit you. You can't work on the sleep, so cut that off yeah. the list. Okay, let's do the other things that we can do. Mm-hmm. And the hydration and the exercise are things that you can do. Yeah. And it's also like you chose to have kids. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Gotta suck it up. (laughs) Sorry. That is very true. Do you guys have them take their intensity down? Yes. They're in a period of. Yeah. So, like, say if like they are like having like those rest of sleep, something like let's dial it back like 30, 40%. 
just like as long as you're in here getting some sort of movement in, like it doesn't have to be super high intense because mm-hmm. clearly your CNS is fried from right. not getting enough sleep and your kid is stressing you out from crying all night and day. Like you're on like high alert all the time. Cortisol's high. Yeah. What about acknowledging other places of exercise the next like physical exertion? Like Mitch, for example, who's on his feet consistently. Say that again. What about an example like obviously sleep is important, but also acknowledging other physical exertion that you take throughout your day? Like, like construction workers. Like, yeah. Construction workers, labor workers. Mitch, for example, you talk to him frequently about acknowledging that. Mm-hmm. How do you kind of help people take their daily lives and acknowledge ways to like utilize those? Those people need, because of the structure of their work, they need to factor in their energy output and they need to, they need to balance that out with energy intake. Mm-hmm. So like if you know that you're working on your feet all day, invest in an Apple Watch. Track your steps. See how many calories you're, burn, you're burning every day at work. You get those markers and you can kind of gauge how many calories you should be taking in. Like just getting some more data is going to help you quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And then like based on that, you know, if you still have specific, specific goals and you have a high exertion job, it's going to take more work. And like, if you can't cater to getting more quality sleep, then again, you might have to sacrifice maybe having more rest days um, to get that extra rest that's needed that you're not getting from quality sleep. So maybe scaling back the frequency of your workouts and keeping the intensity high when you do work out. Um, I think that can help you still progress and minimize you taking any steps back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like the recovery portion is huge. It, that's I feel like it's completely overlooked. I mean, this isn't really a hot take, but I feel like in today's culture with social media, there's just this prompt to go hard in the gym all the time. And it's yeah. it's like, that's great. High intensity is awesome if you have the the means to do it, but it's not the work. It's not the workout you get in. It's the workout you can recover from. Mm-hmm, totally. And I feel like people. I mean, like we've talked about this in the past. Just like you dialing things back. Yeah. I mean, I've dialed things back. I've dialed things year. a lot back. And yeah. it's. I feel and you're better for it. Yeah. yeah. And you actually look forward to your workouts. Yeah. Because it's like before when I was like lifting five, six times a week, I'm like, shit, I gotta get this workout and this. And but now I'm like, hell yeah, I'm getting four times a week. This is great. Like, I'm, like, looking forward to my next workout. I'm recovered. I'm rejuvenated. Ready to go. And I think with individuals who don't have, like, say, sleep as, like, their best recovery because, like, their sleep patterns are off, like, say, with with those parents, then I would say those different modalities of, like, yeah, I shit on, like, foam rolling and I shit on stretching. But that's, like, yeah, like, get better sleep. But if you can't, then, yeah, implement those. Mm -hmm. There's, there's other ways to get into a parasympathetic state and calm your nervous system. Yeah. So like we talk about having stretching having a specific purpose for just parasympathetic activation. So like we're getting mm-hmm. into a rest and digest state. Getting your, doing meditation. So it's all back to regulation of stress. Taking hot baths or using a hot tub and like soothing your body. Doing breath work. Getting ox- oxygen is an underrated tool. The more you oxygenate your body, the better your cells work and the higher you function. Yeah. What's your go-to breath technique to get into that parasympathetic zone at night? There's different routes. So exhales induce parasympathetic state. Long, drawn-out exhales. Quicker inhales will induce your adrenaline. So if you're just hyperventilating, you're going to get an energy boost. Yeah. So if if you want energy, do... 40 quick inhales, 40 quick exhales. That's the Wim Hof method. Yeah. So you're going to oxygenate your body quickly. 
you're going to get an adrenaline spike, norepinephrine is going to be released, and you're going to be at like, it's almost like you just took a cold shower. Versus parasympathetic, where you are slowly breathing. You're basically signaling to your body that I want to relax. Yeah. It's like you have to, and these are, our body is a, is a machine. It takes input. When we do those long drawn out exhales, it signals our body to just calm down. And I think one big thing is, is, another one. is more people need to be doing this, especially because with, I've had many clients with anxiety. Like when you'll be like, like that, it's like, like, hey, like relax, like slow your breath down. Like that's why I always like say like, as jokingly as it is, I say mind over matter kind of thing. Like control, like for example, like during a set, like during leg extension, it's like control your breath throughout each rep because yep. you're inhaling so much and exhaling so fast. You're constantly going to be in such a stressful state. Your physical state's already stressed. So try to relax your mind so that we can get through this set. And when people are anxious from experience, yeah, you feel like you're not getting enough oxygen. And yeah. truthfully, you're getting too much and you're not releasing enough carbon dioxide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a uh, that whole game is uh, and I had to learn that the hard way. Really? <laughs> yes. It's like I, I would I would feel like I'm getting shallow breaths and not and not wondering why I'm so ang- anxious all the time. And it's because I wasn't focusing on the exhales and the release of the carbon dioxide that is filling my bloodstream. And you need that. Mm-hmm. You know, you need that to basically push the oxygen through the body. That's what's crazy is you think, oh, I gotta breathe in all the time, but it's like you're your blood saturation levels are probably 97 to 99%. So the oxygen's in your bloodstream. It's just like, but you have to elicit the response to push it through the the blood to your organs and basically everything that helps you function. Mm -hmm. And that's carbon dioxide. So it's like the thing that makes you feel like you're suffocating is actually life-giving. Totally. It's such a paradox. And that's why even practicing breath holding has Mm -hmm. benefit. So you get used to having that carbon dioxide in your system and you become tolerant and then you you're able to deal with stress. It's like hormesis, which hormesis is just small stressors that induce response to help you deal with stress better. Mm-hmm. I would say in this time domain of 30s to 40s, if you're in this specific situation, we talk about how you might be lacking sleep and that's just a given. Obviously, you want to do these routines and these things that'll help you get into that parasympathetic, that rest and relax state. But I would say just with the uptick in you know sleep apnea and just all the things that people are dealing with they don't even know like snoring like I, I, it seems like everybody snores so i might get that checked out like because if you're only sleeping four to six hours and that's just how it's going to be you got to optimize them so I maybe we should talk about mouth taping yeah as well which you're familiar with i'm familiar with yeah i mean i do it just because i haven't been able to get a sleep study yet that's something that's on my list in the next year is to actually see if it's helping, but I snore. And what I found is that I would wake up and it wouldn't matter whether I slept five hours or I slept 11. I would just wake up and I'd be groggy. I would consume energy drinks like all the time, which I mean, I still drink my fair share of caffeine. I'm definitely, you know, eliminating that one step at a time. But then I, the snoring was the big one. So I would record myself. I you know, read the book Breath by James Nestor and Oxygen Advantage by Patrick McCone. And I was like, you know, maybe I'll try it. I don't have anything clogged in my nostrils, so it wasn't like it scared me or anything. It was kind of funky at first, though. <laughs> yeah. But just over time, it's, I, I don't know, I just wake up differently. I don't snore. I actually tried to record myself, and uh, there's apps that do it, record you through the night. I don't snore if I keep the sleep 
the, the mouth tape on. Yeah. They do say, though, that you can still have sleep apnea even though you're not snoring, which is why I still want to do a sleep study. So that's next yeah. on my list to see if it's actually, if I'm, if I'm still, you know, breathing throughout the night. Yeah. Are you familiar with, like, the nit- nitric oxide benefit? Just from, like, nasal breathing? From nasal breathing in mm-hmm. general. So, like, nitric oct- oxide induces um, more oxygenated cells and mm-hmm. it increases better blood flow, which in turn increases better cellular function again. So like we're made up of billions of cells. The better those cells function, the better that we function. So inducing nasal breathing will increase that nitric oxide and allow you to do so. When you're mouth breathing, you're removing that whole process of of creating nitric oxide in your bloodstream. Crazy stuff. Wild. (laughs) And the temperature element too. If you nasal breathe, it regulates the temperature of your breath too. Whereas mouth breathing, it doesn't. Did you read, you read the book, Breath? I have it. I haven't fully read the whole thing yet. Did, have you read it, Chris? I haven't read a textbook in a while besides that 100 million leads. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. I'll. You need like an Audible subscription or something. I, I do need an audio audiobook subscription for yeah. sure. Yeah. But basically these guys, I think it was like a sale, oh man. I, I want to say six day, but I could be wrong. It might have been fewer than that. Well, they did like mouth breathing. Yeah, they, they, well, the they, they their clogged their nose at first. They literally had like a specialist do everything to clog their nose so they could mm-hmm. only mouth breathe for a extended period of time and they took all their markers before and after you know and they did like workouts and everything just to gauge everything and then after those whatever time allotted you know whatever time they allotted for it they then obviously took that out and then plugged their mouth and did the exact opposite and their all their markers plummeted when they just strictly breathed through their mouth and then it was like it reversed them and even improved slightly it wasn't long enough time to figure everything out but Pretty crazy what happened. Well. Yeah. I think it's another education point, though. I think a lot of people aren't consuming the education of just how to breathe and, and like, oxygenate their body properly. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that's where, like, something like doing some sort of fitness of, like, yoga, where it's, like, breath practice of that. Yeah. That's where I always recommend, like, my clients who have anxiety, obviously see a therapist, but then also go do some sort of other modality. That's not where it's, like, you're, for example, like we're trying to reach like an anaerobic state in straight, tra- in straight training. So it's like do something where you have to actually focus on your breath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say finally in the 30s and 40s, the 30s to 40s, mm-hmm. be, especially if you've declined a little bit, start to establish some sort of cardiovascular routine again. Yes. Totally. Because yeah. you definitely lose it in your 20s and 30s. I feel like people in their 20s do it because recreational athletics and it's just like, it's just, you might do a 5K with some friends. It, you know, you just are active. Go on hikes. I feel like when you start to have these things come into play in life, suddenly those seem like a burden. And heart function is so over. It's overlooked completely. And honestly, if you're just getting into the gym and just doing your weightlifting, it's not doing enough. So I say mm-hmm. start with it. Find something you like to do that you're going to get out of breath a little bit and start working your heart because that's going to come into play way later. Yeah. Which brings us to the final time of life, which is like 40 years plus, what I foresee in someone in this area, again, this isn't everybody. This is just someone we're generally looking at. You know, maybe they've backed on a few pounds. They've developed some solidified habits. You know, activity is rare, you know, unless they have just, you know, formed those habits before. But someone who hasn't, what's the what's the strategy? What are we looking at? The core elements to get them back to 
where they need to be. That's where we're looking at just the walking and the steps and like the low intensity stuff just to get your blood flowing, the the stretching, the um, the basics. You don't. It, this is not a, probably an intense phase of your life. If you want to get there, you can, but you should start slow, like everything else that we've talked about, and just start by moving consistently. I think that's the biggest marker of longevity is the people that are consistently moving. And that's where, like, even something as like going up and down stairs, because mm -hmm. I'm assuming, like, say if you're in the corporate world, you already built those habits of like being sedentary. Say if you don't, haven't worked out in a while, but like take those steps going up and down the stairs rather than taking the elevator. Because it's like, yeah, like standing's beneficial, but we want to get you moving like those joints, like getting your ankle working, getting your knee working, getting those hips working, all that good stuff. Yeah, the small, the small things. Literally find the smallest, mm -hmm. just little ticks in your day. Yeah. You know, taking a loop around the office, getting out and walking at lunch. Mm -hmm. Park, park a little further. Yeah, yeah, yeah park, park, further, <laughs> park further away. Yeah, it's, it's definitely… Go and on then, walk with your kids. Get them active too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, if you obviously your kids would be older, that's a good time to utilize those activities that they're doing mm -hmm. to. Uh, well, one that Brian does is if your kid has like a baseball game or a football game, it's on a Saturday. Those things go for hours. Yeah. You know, like a baseball game, if you have doubleheader or anything like that, you're there for four to five hours. It's like, don't just use that time to sit and watch. Obviously, you want to take in those moments, but you can be doing things while you watch. You can be taking loops around the ballpark. Like, you're you're not going to miss things just walking. It just takes time to stand and not just be seated the whole time. Yeah, and don't be embarrassed to, like he says, he, I, I saw him the other day, he got some power block dumbbells and was doing lunges mm -hmm. out in the parking lot yeah. in between games. It's like… That was crazy. Your, yeah, take advantage of it. Don't be embarrassed to mm -hmm. do those things. And also, just don't get to your 40s, 50s, 60s and so on and just send it in. And like, okay, I'm old now. Mm -hmm. Just chalk it up to like every issue that I'm having is just because I'm getting old. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah. it's not the case. You can, yeah. you can bring yourself back to a really good baseline if you focus on it. Yeah, the term, quote unquote, bad blank, bad knees, bad hips. Like, obviously, there's injuries and there's, there's, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Starts with an A. Arthritis. Mm. I kept thinking anxiety. I was like, it's not anxiety. <laughs> but arthritis, like there's things that are pain points, but anytime you chalk it up to just, oh, I have bad knees, it's like you've completely thrown out all elements of healing and people have done it. You know, so there are little things. You can start at the most regressed form, which is backwards walking in a pool. You know, it's like… Yeah, don't and don't just accept a decrease in quality of life. Mm -hmm. And I think the issue too, though, is like having… That clientele say who's someone who had has had surgeries or has had like some sort of um, who has come off like a, a post op like say like years years ago, and say like the sports men doctor or like the doctor says like hey if you do this X movement like you're gonna come see me again. It's like putting fear into a movement for no reason. It's like something as simple as function of doing you're raising your arm up to go grab something and. Say if you did like a dumbbell raise, it's like, oh, no, I can't do that because the doctor said no. But it's like, well, don't you do that? Like to grab a mug? Mm -hmm. But it's like, no, I can't do that. So it's like, what are you doing here? But people that latch on to the doctor's message yeah. is like a definite thing. Forever. Yeah. Yeah. And realizing that just because they said don't lift it, I'm just using this example. It's like, wait, it, you don't have to start like at a 20-pound dumbbell that yeah. you're lifting. It's like start with body weight and just kind of work that range of motion. Yeah. You know? 
But I always say, and I think it's it just becomes truer and truer in my mind. It's like it, the saying goes, like move it or lose it. Yeah, it's, true. it's literally that. It's like again, what do you want to be able to do? Do you want to be able to jog? Then you probably should be getting to the place where you're jogging again. Yeah. If you want to be able to jump, it's like you got to start building those. Things. Like hopefully you never lost them. And so if you're in your 20s, 30s, 30s, 40s, it's like keep doing those things because mm-hmm. you are going to atrophy. It's just a, it's just life. We talked about this Blue Zones documentary on Netflix before too. And it's like… What is it? It's called Blue Zones. Where they, go, they go to like each Isn't of the zones. Is on this too? They're probably. I wouldn't be surprised. I just saw it today. But they go to these places where based on data, these are like the highest living ages of people consistently. Like most of the people in the communities are living to their 90s and 100s. And like because they're eating mostly whole foods and then they also have a community and then they're also moving and using their body on a daily basis. Like they went to Japan and they don't have chairs in Didn't most of these this places. I think this might have been Austin. Oh, this might have been probably at oh, some yeah. point. But Was it like the live to 100? Yeah. So like yeah. some of these people are like 102 and they're like laughing, dancing, joking around and like if… If you are pursuing community and you are pursuing movement and you have really strong relationships, that is like built-in success. It's like we talk, we're talking a lot about just like health and fitness tactics, but part of that is relationships mm-hmm. and community too and like establishing really strong connections with people, having purpose and things, having passions. Like it's, it's never too late to follow a passion. Nutritionally, what are you, what are you telling these people in this I feel like it's the same thing with the 30s and 40s we're in 40s plus I know but I'm saying it's like the same same I'm saying I would say it's the same thing because it still should be pushed to have like some sort of like equality of like proteins fats carbs like within each meal because you need that for each meal and then um, hydration just like keeping the same thing like make sure to maintain at least like per basically cut your body weight in half and maintain that as like your hydration as like just like for sedentary. And then like say if you sweat, then add some extra water into that. And this is a group of people that is the hardest to change and manipulate coming from like just family experience. Like you see, I see a lot of like my my grandparents specifically having these health markers and having these issues Mm -hmm. and they will do everything the doctor says. They'll have the surgeries, they'll do all the treatments, but they will not do the nutrition. Like my grandpa has cancer and he had developed cancer like a couple of years ago. It's in remission now, but he did the chemo and he did all of the blood thinners and all these things that are like helping the cancer. But if, if he would, and it, it's just talking to a wall. It's like if he would just remove the inflammatory foods that he's eating on a daily basis and took care, like he's still an active person. Mm-hmm. So the activity has never been an issue for him. I think it's the environmental factors. I think it's the nutrition side of things. Mm-hmm. It's like eating, all he eats is processed foods every day. He still eats PB&J a couple of times a day. And it's like, like what you-, you put into your body plays a big yeah. role in how your body like, adjusts to disease. Yeah. Where you're from in Appleton, it's kind of like that though, right? Where it's oh, like- they're, they're from South Dakota. Oh, okay. So they're, yeah. but like Wisconsin for sure is like that. I think there's Which pockets. high school did you go to again? It's called Kimberly High School. It's so, in Appleton. I was talking to my barber today about this, about Appleton High, like kind of going, okay, so now like I'm drawing way back into like say for high school kids. I didn't know that I guess six years ago, Appleton High got ranked as the most obese high school in the United States. 
I wouldn't know that. And I was like, how do you even measure that? And yeah. I guess since they like did like a whole diet change, it went from like a hundred, like being like the highest to one of the lowest obese, just because like just by changing simple diet markers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, I'm just like, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> There's I mean, like nothing to just it. Just awkward. Yeah. No, yeah. Like, it, and it's probably super small changes. Yeah. But you see that in a lot of, but th- that's like in all these habits that are established in these people that are in their 60s and 70s. Started when they were kids. Yeah. And it's just like you just continue to do the things that you're always taught to do unless yeah. you change your path. Yeah. So I guess for 40s and 50s is to have an open mindset. Yes. Yes. I think that that's huge. That's I think thing. about that all the time. Yeah. Just how, how I'm, it's like, how am I not going to get trapped into that? You know, how are you not going to get so solidified in your belief system? Well, I already see it. kids these days saying they're like Riz and shit. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> Chandler, are you saying that? <laughs> Chris did say mid earlier. Yeah, like I, I like some mid. of the slang, but some of it's hilarious to me. And it's like, but again, I catch myself being like, oh, they're just from a different time frame. Yeah, different generation. Was like the, yeah, the, I was never the like Jesus, that. Yeah. The Jesus earpiece is yeah. what gets me. Have I mean, you seen that one? Yo, yeah. Yeah. But that's part of like the evolution yeah. of growing. Yeah. Like maybe you just get to a point where you don't understand things as much. But universally, like nutrition kind of has a basis. Mm-hmm. So that shouldn't be something that should be super challenging to open your mind to. Like, look at the research. There's science out there. Use the yeah. data. I think it, but then kind of going back to like the environmental thing, I think that's such a big one because it depends on like, I'm not going off of like if you're poor or rich, but that, I mean, it does, that does have some sort of factor into it. If you can't afford like groceries for like your kids or whatever, like you're going to go fast food instead. But I think that's where like the education needs to be brought to those families. So like, it's like we can change things from a micro level, but it's hard to change it from a macro level structure. So it has to start like very small. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody that's currently healthy and fit had to seek it at some point. Oh yeah. You have to want it. So like, yeah, yeah, I can say be open-minded, but if you don't want it and you'd rather have the PB and J, you're being satisfied in a different way and that's what you want and you're okay with the other stuff. Yeah. It's like, you got to really want it and you got to seek it. Yeah, I think it just is a longevity piece. It's like, again, how do you want to be if you are okay with that that period of decline, which is like that ten to twenty? Yeah, if like you're typically. content with that, like what, like there's, you can't really do much about it. Yeah. If you're at peace with that, okay. Yeah. Like if you're happy, fine. We just have to recognize that everything that happens at that point typically yeah. started, you know, a decade, totally. two, three decades before. And just I think for people that are having issues, just knowing that they're not stuck. Mm-hmm. You're never stuck. Like, if you put the work into stuff, it has a return. Yeah. Even if it doesn't get you to your end result, you're going to make progress in some capacity. That goes with like all facets of life too, yeah. not just necessarily like fitness and nutrition. Totally. I think I think old people do have their uh, sleep on. Dude, <laughs> check though. Yeah. I need to get on on that yeah, on that cycle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well. Let's end uh, end with this random question because I feel like a lot of these people, um, even we got Dusty over here. He'll like this one. Dang, you just call them old? Uh, no. <laughs> I said <laughs> all of these people. <laughs> oh, I meant like the 20s through the 40s. Jeez. Uh, I'm old too, huh? Huh? <laughs> We're all old. You're up there. We are. I'm old too. I'm almost 30. Chris, how old are you? 27. 27. You got a little bit. 30, yeah, 31. Oh, so it? it's great. Is it good? Yeah. All right. But 
<laughs> Might as well just utilize it. Yeah. Just go for it. Home gyms. I feel like home gyms are becoming more of a thing. Equipment's yeah. coming out. Mm-hmm. I think that it can be huge for a lot of these people. Not everybody wants to get up and go to a gym. If you're in a busy city, it just… Mm-hmm. Traffic sucks. Yeah. Right? People are intimidated, so they want to do things in the their own house. Yeah. Behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. You have three pieces of equipment, and it can't be a set. It's literally a piece of equipment to get the most bang for your buck. A set meaning like two? I'm saying you can't be like barbell rack and… And then plates. It yeah. has to be like legit three pieces. Yeah. What are you guys choosing and why? Let me just cut out the silence. What mm. you guys are thinking? I'm going sled for sure. A sled. I'm a huge advocate of the sled. Kettlebell? Yeah. I think so. I do like the kettlebell. I like a resistance band. That's great too, I think. Yeah. Because you could get a lot done. You could do like basically everything with just one band, technically. You could do like a squad variation. You can do bicep curls, chest extensions, like a single arm chest press, single arm banded row. Because I'm thinking like also like when I used to train people like during COVID in their homes and they only had a band. You can get a lot done. You can get a lot done. And you just change up the intensities, sets, reps of how to like progressively overload from that. It's probably the most universal piece of equipment. Mm-hmm. And then you and can do it from… throughout the movement. You're getting, yeah. you know, different force outputs throughout the… Correct. And then say like even from a therapeutic standpoint, you can do stuff like that. Like mobility-wise? Rotations. You can do like your shoulder flexions like going around or you can do like the full all the way around from… Basically, all the way from the hip to the backside of you, and then coming back. You can even use it as like a way of passive stretching, too. So you can add that in. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Put a band around your foot, and then just like, oh, that's great, dude. Yes, yeah. the three-way band stretch is ridiculous. Yes. Yeah, I've done that one a little bit. Mm-hmm. You just squeeze against it. Yeah. What about a TRX? TRX, TRX is, is great actually too. Yeah. Would you hold that above a band? Because I, I do mm. think kettlebell, I just with all the implements you can do with a, ke- like a, a kettlebell and you can just progressively get heavier. So it'd be one piece of equipment. I think with the do. band, because you can use it in so many different facets. Like the, the TRX are still somewhat restricted. Yeah. Like, again, I think the TRX is a great tool, but with the bands, you're lit- like, you just listed off a million different things you could do with it. Yeah. Because the TRX, you there. can do a whole bunch of shit too. But it's also like assisted at the same time. And like if I want to do a TRX push-up, I can just drop to the floor and do a push-up. Or if I, if I have a band, I can just do attach the band to something and do a row. Yeah. And like you can do everything that a TRX would do with a band. Yeah, I think. And then time. kind of like going on a rant of like the TRX, I always hated seeing like trainers do like a rear del fly. You don't like with, those? I like those actually. No, but like, no, like, <laughs> no, but trainers do like a rear del fly with something that's like overweight and that's never oh, like yeah, user that's, body. It's not going to work. And it's like they're doing like a row to like a little. Yeah. Like they're doing like this little like. It's not looking a good like place the to freaking start. like at the car shit or at the car dealerships. <laughs> That's what they're looking like. I was like, yeah, let's progress a bit. Yeah, I agree. Mm. Just it's too hard. Most people can't. Can you do twenty pull ups? Most people can't do pull ups. <laughs> All right, we're gonna knock it out right there. There we go. We're gonna add that in. Well, what do you say? I said pull up bar. You can do twenty pull ups. No. Oh. Oh. Is that what you said? Joe. I thought you no, said you could. No, I said no. I said no. So then why I, would you want to pull a bar? Because 
because progressively you're going to learn to get better at pull-ups and pull-ups are going to be something that are going to help your back and your arms, which are something that I'd say most people They are, but you also need another piece of equipment, like you need, either a two. band or something that's to two assist piece of you. You can pull a bar and band. Because if, you, if you're somebody that's 300 pounds and you just go right, right to a pull-up pull yeah. bar, you're going to have a lot of problems. Even if you're just, just trying a dead hang is going to be a problem. Yeah, because you have like yeah. zero grip strength. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> took that one a different route why the sled why the sled because you can get make, those make sense to me why the sled I've become a big advocate of the sled I do like the sled lately too. just for I've been using it a lot for knees um, technically it would be two pieces of equipment because you'd have to have a strap but even if you can push and, it, and or weight Huh? And, and or weight. Too. Yeah. Ooh, so it has to three. be like a… Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's no, a built-in weighted just, you sled. You can throw some rocks on there, dude. Or if you can get a sled that has those built-in like, like resistance. Yeah, the, I think it's like the, the torque or something yeah, like that. Yeah, the torque fitness. Yeah, torque uh, fitness. What's yeah. it called? But it's a full body workout with probably the least… Uh, not force. Like the, just the least… Impact. Impact on your body. Especially from like an axial skeleton loading. And you can do, not only can you do something, you know, build strength and just the integrity of like your joints and whatnot, you can also use it for conditioning. So it's a, it's a two-in-one. Mm -hmm. So you can go slow. I use it, you know, backwards walking. So I'm going to work on my knees. But then it's like, hey, I can say, hey, we're going to go fast. We're going to do some intervals with this thing. So you can do everything from literally cyclical, low-intensity cardio to just strength joint integrity and just building up your body to high intensity cardio. So it's a three in one. And it's not hard to do. Like I, I mean, if I told you to push and pull a sled, I wouldn't really have to worry about your form too much unless you were just crazy. That's you know? fair. Yeah. Like people know, like they're going to push a sled. Like, like you're not, sled. yeah, you're not going to be James Harrison out here just trying to push like 900 pounds. Yeah. And even when I tell people to backwards walk, they're like, well, how do I, I'm just like, oh, literally just walk backwards. Like, however you have to walk backwards. Yeah. You can walk to the side. It's going to help you in lateral movement too. It's, mm -hmm. it's all encompassing. So resistance band, mm -hmm. kettlebell, and a very, a very specific sled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. I think that's a good place to end it. All right, guys. Well, hopefully that helped you. Hope if you're in one of those, you know, aspects of life. Uh, don't hesitate to reach out with any specific questions. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Moderately Successful Podcast. We'll see you guys next time.